tonight, I believe I have a really powerful message for us all, and it's entitled Healed and Restored. And I believe that, as Pastor Claude F. just said there, everybody who is watching, whether you're watching online, whether you are watching here in the building, whether you are watching this on Catch Up, I believe that the Lord wants you to catch a fresh revelation, a new and a fresh revelation of his healing power and believe God for your own healing and restoration in this place. Amen, 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 amen. You know, one of the names of God is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha, which in the Hebrew means God who heals. So if you think about it, by God's very nature, by his very name, God is a healer. The word healing also is mentioned over 130 times in the Bible. And if you think about it, Jesus devotes so much of his earthly ministry to healing the sick. So I believe here, and I believe that you'll agree with me, that God loves healing. God loves healing. God is a healer. And maybe you're here and you're sick in your body. Or maybe you know someone who's really unwell and you're actually standing in prayer with them right now. Maybe you're in this room and your mind has been really struggling or being very tormented by different thoughts. Or maybe you're just feeling sick, emotionally sick, or um, how would you call it, spiritually sick, where maybe you feel that like you're tied up or you can't move on from something that has happened to you. You know, we don't like the word sick. No one likes to admit that they're sick. But whatever the sickness, whatever the ailment, whatever the issue, God is in the business of healing and restoring. Amen. And you know, whenever we preach the word, whether the word is preached, whenever we delve into the scriptures together, we need to be expectant. The aim is not to go out the same way that you came in. Yeah, the, the, word, the aim is never to go out the same way you came in. It is to be changed and transformed by the reading of the word. And I believe that tonight God's word is literally going to jump out and it's going to challenge our misconceptions. It's going to demolish our ignorance and it's going to cure our spiritual blindness. Thank you. Thank you. For me, and I believe for yourselves, God's word is actually like a hammer. It says it in the Bible that God's word is like fire and like a hammer. And God desires tonight to hammer out the crooked places in our mind when it comes to healing. Does anyone want to experience healing here tonight? Does anyone want to experience healing here tonight? Yeah. Amen. Does anyone want to see restoration in the house tonight? Yeah. Amen. And so as it says in the Bible, in the book of Romans, let us move from faith to faith to faith to faith. And let's start firstly by deleting some lies. Let's delete some lies from our mind. Because I know in the area of healing, you know, you can still hear testimonies and somehow in your mind, you can still be like, well, God, does he really heal? Does he really heal? God can actually heal. If we think about this scripturally, or even physically, or even evidentially, as we've heard tonight, it says in Jeremiah 30, verse 17, for I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Exodus 15 verse 26 says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that healeth thee. So let's just delete that lie. God can heal. Yes, let's delete that lie. God can heal. He wants to heal. Sometimes we might have another lie circulating around our mind, which is, 
well, okay, maybe God can heal, but I don't know if God wants to heal me. Like, how do I know that God actually wants to heal me? And sometimes you can have lies circulating in your mind saying, well, you know, I'm not that, ins- I'm not that significant like, in God's eyes. Like, how would he see me as someone that needs to be healed? Or, you know what, I've actually, I've not lived the best life ever. And, um, you know, maybe there's things that are, God has against me. But I have to say, Psalms 30 verse 2 says, Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. Yeah, we're taught to cry out. No matter what your situation is, whatever the misconception on your mind, we're taught to cry out and believe God for healing. And we also need to voice what's on our hearts. You know, the biggest ailment, the biggest issue in your heart, we need to voice it and we need to let the Lord know. I love the scriptures because we know that from the scriptures, God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So what he said in the scriptures before stands for today. Now, does everyone get healed the very second that they ask for it? We all know the answer to that, I think, which is no, which is why we believe God for healing and we come forward for healing. Will God heal in the way that I expect him to? Well, probably not, because God's ways are never our ways. Can God heal everyone here tonight? Yes, Yes, he can. Yes, he absolutely can. Will he? We can't force his timing, but we can come into alignment with his word and desire him to heal. In the Greek, there are two words for time. And these two words give us a clue into how sometimes God moves in healing. Kronos is one of those words in the Greek. And Kronos means it's how we would describe time. So we would describe time in minutes, in hours, in days. And so Kronos time is what you would call the human measurement of time. Kronos time. And there's another word for time which is very exciting. And that time is called Kairos time. Can you say Kairos? The Kairos time, yes. And Kairos refers to um, the opportune time or the moment or the season when God interacts or interferes in human affairs and changes things around. Now, healings often happen in Kairos moments when the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and our faith all come together. I'll say that again. Healings often happen in Kairos moments when the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and our faith in God all come together. Wow, praise God. But what do we do? You know, some of you might be sitting here, you might be hearing me, and you might be thinking, but what do we actually do when healing seems so far away? You know, sometimes I pray with people and they say things like, well... I'm sick and I'm tired, Corinne. You know, I've been believing for a long time or I've been praying for a long time and I'm I'm actually sick and I'm tired. And I'm sick and I'm tired of being sick and tired. And I'm sick and I'm tired of being sick and sick and tired. And even in the midst of the situation, I'm always encouraging people, God can heal. God can heal. Now today, I want to pick up on a passage of scripture where a woman is exactly that. She is sick and she is tired, but she is certain somehow, despite her sickness and her tiredness, that God can heal her. And that leads me to my first point tonight, which is keep faith alive. Yes. 
turn to your neighbour and say, keep faith alive. Keep faith alive. Praise God. We're going to turn to Mark 5, 25 to 34. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Keep faith alive. You know, if you think about it, if something is alive, that means it's alive this very second. Because if it's not alive, then it's dead. If you think about it, if we weren't breathing this very second, we'd be classified as dead. So to keep something alive, to keep faith alive, means that you are continually working with the state of mind where you believe that with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. Let's turn to that scripture together. Hopefully it'll come up on the screen behind me as well. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And Jesus looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Praise God for the faith of this woman. Let's think about this. This woman had suffered for 12 whole years. And by definition, she was sick and she was tired. And think about it, she had such a bad condition. She was continually bleeding, continually bleeding. Imagine a monthly cycle that never seems to end. Day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute, blood loss. And she probably felt really weak. And she probably felt really tired. She was probably very fed up. And her condition made it even worse because in her culture, in Jewish law, she was ceremonially and socially unclean. And it meant that she wasn't allowed to take part in any aspect of worship, in the synagogue or wherever she was. She was basically ostracized, she was separated. And it was a bad situation for her. You know, the special thing about this woman though, despite her situation, is that she kept faith alive. She kept faith alive. If you think about it, this is the same woman. She traveled all over the place to get help. You know, the scriptures tell us that she traveled all over the place to get help. You could imagine her going from doctor to doctor to doctor, asking for this medication, that medication. Can someone please help me? And maybe they would have, you know, got her hopes up and said, yes, this is the right medication. This is what we need to do. And then each time, it would have failed. Now imagine, she might have had to have examination after examination. Oh, we know what's wrong with you, let's just check it out. She had to endure 
extreme struggle and extreme pain. And then on top of it, I, I, when the bit, when in the scriptures it says, it grew worse. It grew worse. Her condition grew worse. Can anyone relate to that here? Can anyone relate to that? You know, you've been praying, you've been hoping, you've been believing God, you've been asking God for a miracle, and somehow your situation seems to be getting worse. A word of encouragement for you tonight. You know, even when this woman seemed to be getting worse, she still conducted faith acts. Yeah, even when she was broke, she was down to her last penny, she was still thinking, no, somehow, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know somehow that God is going to heal me. He's not going to leave me like this. And think about it, she probably always had her ears to the ground. So as soon as she heard that Jesus was in town and Jesus was a healer, she managed to find her way to where she needed to be. She hunted Jesus down. Say to your neighbor, keep faith alive. Keep faith alive. Keep faith alive. You know, maybe you're here and you are fighting the biggest battle of your life. Maybe you've been sick for a while. Maybe the doctor's reports are really, really negative. Maybe you feel like you've been getting worse. But how are you trying to keep faith alive? How are you trying to keep faith alive in your situation right now? Now, this sick lady, she was doing the most. Imagine this. There's no GPS signal, there's no mobile phone, but somehow this woman tracks Jesus down. And we read about him just leaving the region of the Gardarenes by boat after casting out a legion of demons out of a sick man. And Jesus is actually on his way on assignment to heal Jairus' daughter when he gets off the boat. But somehow she manages to locate him. There he is. There he is. There he is, she says. She sees him in the distance and she begins to run as fast as she can to catch up the multitudes. But they're moving so fast and there's so many people there. But she's just certain. She's like, I just need to get to the front. Somehow I just need to get to the front. I know he's at the front of that crowd. And if I can just get to the front of that crowd, I know that somehow when I touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And so she weaves in and out of these crowds. She's running to and fro, trying to get in and out of the crowds. And every time she almost gets near Jesus, someone pushes her out of the way. But then she gets up again and she's like, no, I need to touch the hem of his clothes and I shall be made well. And so she pushes past those crowds. And then finally, she touches Jesus and she lays hold of his garment. And instantly, power from Jesus goes to the woman and the bleeding stops immediately. She is healed. Complete restoration. 12 years of suffering over in one second. Sometimes, you know, we're struggling. Sometimes we're struggling and we don't know, I don't know how many setbacks you've been having. I don't know how many things you feel like you've been pushing against to get changed. But let's remember this lady's faith made her well. Her faith made her well. Her persistent and her resilient faith made her well. I don't know how, 
I don't know when, but I know God heals, is what she would have had around her mind. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know God heals. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I know God heals. And it's faith that makes us well. So keep believing, just like this woman did, that your moment of healing will come. You know, I don't have a story just quite as dramatic as that lady, but for years, this is what I'm gonna tell you, that God actually does care about little ailments as well as big ones. For years, I had a Veruca on my toe. <laughs> and this Veruca was a really annoying Veruca. It was on the end of my toe, and it, every time I put on a pair of shoes, it would be squashed, it would be crushed. And it wasn't one year, it wasn't two years, it wasn't three years, it wasn't four years, it was about four, yeah, four to five years of me struggling with this Veruca. And it was so frustrating. Now, I know in the grand scheme of things, it's not exactly the biggest healing ever, but I was asking God, I was saying, Lord, this thing is really annoying, and I don't believe that you have caused me to have this Veruca, or you want this Veruca to stay on my foot. And so I just kept praying, persistent prayers, continually pushing and just saying, Lord, like, come on, Lord, there must be a way that this thing can go. And I went to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, and all the different doctors, they all said, different things. Someone said, oh, let's freeze it, so she froze it. Someone else said, let's scrub it, so they scrubbed it. I went to lots of different things, lots of different people, and the fact is, this toe just kept having this Veruca on it, until one day I went on a Bible school mission trip to Romania, and my friend saw this Veruca on my toe, and she said, what's that? And I said, it's a Veruca, and she said, oh, I know how to get rid of that. And I looked at her, and I thought, no, you don't understand. I've spoken to doctor, I've spoken to podiatrist, I've been everywhere about this Veruca. And it won't go, like everyone's tried everything. And she said, no, 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 I know exactly what you need. When you get back to London, I'm gonna um, tell you what you need and I'm gonna send it to you on your phone. You can get it from Boots. I was thinking, Boots? Are you kidding me? Boots of all places? And she said, yeah, yeah, I promise, I promise. So when I got back, I said, Lord, Lord, maybe that's a word of answer. It's an answered prayer. And so when I got back to London, I got this ointment thing that she told me from Boots, and it had a pumice stone thing, and I put this thing on the Veruca, and um, every day for a few days, I kept kind of doing what it said on the, on the packet to rub the Veruca off. And two weeks later, the Veruca was completely gone. I was completely healed by a word of knowledge from someone who didn't really know how serious the situation had been. And you know, I know it doesn't seem like the grand, massive healing, but for me it was a healing. It was a healing because God knew, and I've been persistently crying out about this Veruca. <sighs> God is in the business of healing. And I just want you to remind you that it doesn't matter you know, how you think the healing is gonna come about. Because in my mind I thought, okay, maybe I'll be sleeping and then God will just like get rid of it and I'll wake up and it's gone. But it just didn't happen that way. God had another way. God is a creative God. Does anyone agree with that tonight? Yeah, he's creative. He's creative. So let's look at another person in the Bible where healing took a long time. Let's turn to Luke 13, verses 10 to 17. I'm gonna read from the New King James Version. Now, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. And she was bent over and then could no way raise herself up. 
But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her and immediately she was made straight and she glorified God. Can you imagine? She was bent over in sickness. Now in the natural, we'd probably have some sort of fancy term, we'd probably say, look, she had some sort of muscular skeletal condition and all her discs in her spine had fused together and it caused her to bend over into that position. And, you know, in her, in her day, in her time, many would have said, you know, this is it. This is it for you. You know, when I was reading, I felt that actually her condition looked like it was symptomatic of something else. I was thinking, you know, for her to cause to be bent over like that, maybe there was something that had happened to her in her life something that had caused her to, to wear pain on her body. You know, sometimes we can be in regret. We can be in deep regret, or we can be in grief, or we can be in pain, or we can be in emotional trauma, and sometimes we can wear that on our body. The Bible says in verse 16, though, that it was actually a demon. It was a spirit of infirmity caused by Satan, and she was bound. Now, let's be clear. We know that not all sickness is caused by demons, but when we look at this case, when we look at the case of the woman with the spirit of infirmity for 18 years, we understand that she was actually bound. She was actually bound by a demon. And so healing and deliverance often go hand in hand. Either way, she was sick and she was bound, and it wasn't a short-term thing. We're talking about 18 years. Can you imagine looking out of the corner of your eye, trying to get people to pay attention to you because you're bent over like that? Maybe she felt ridiculed. Maybe people laughed at her, made fun of her. With that angle of movement, she would have been in pain. The great theologian Charles Spurgeon, he puts it this way. For 18 years, she had not gazed upon the sun. For 18 years, no star of night had gladdened her eye. Her face was drawn downwards towards the dust. And all the light of her life was dim. She walked about as if she were searching for a grave. And I do not doubt she often felt there would have been gladness to have found one. And that leads me to my second point tonight, which is never give up. Never give up. This woman never gave up, never gave up. You can imagine the people, things said to her, people's things said, the things that people would say to her, oh, you know, it's not gonna happen for you. 18 years, your back is fused in that position. It's just, it's just not gonna happen. No matter what you do, it's just how it is. Maybe she went from doctor to doctor. Maybe they said, look, if we try and move you out of that position, it's gonna break your back and it's gonna destroy your organs. Maybe people said, you know, everyone's looking at you and you look really strange. Maybe you should just stay at home. She could have written herself off, but she didn't. And this is what makes this woman particularly special. Day after day, week after week, year after year, she got up and she never gave up. She never isolated herself and she never stayed bound. And she might have been saying prayers. Maybe at the beginning she was praying all the time, God, will you heal me? God, will you heal me? God, will you heal me? Maybe the prayers got less and less and less. After the years went by, maybe the prayers just got less and less and less. But either way, we know that she had faith because she was in the synagogue on the day that Jesus was there. 
and that's how we know she never gave up. Her faith had brought her to the right place at the right time. Now, in the synagogue, did she think that she was going to get healed? Did she think it was going to happen for her? She would have known that it wasn't right to approach Jesus on the Sabbath day for healing. But somehow, Jesus breaks all religious and social conventions, and he calls this woman forward, and he lays hands on her, and immediately she is healed, and she straightens herself up, and she glorifies God. She glorifies God for her healing. She glorifies him for her healing because she knows 18 years of struggle, it was only God alone. It was only God alone. Never give up. Let's say it together. Never give up. Never give up. Never give up. There's a clear common denominator in these healing stories. These two women were sick, but they never accepted their condition. Both these women kept faith alive. Both these women never gave up. Both these women believed in the power of God. Both these women got themselves in the presence of God. And both these women received their breakthrough. You know, there's a first time for everything. There is a first time for everything. When they got healed, that was the first time for their everything. And so God wants us to remind us of that tonight. You know, you might be sitting here and you might not have actually ever seen someone get healed. You might have heard about it, but not seen it. You might be here and you might be someone who's laid hands on people before. You've prayed for people to be healed, but they haven't yet been healed. But there's a first time for everything. There's a first time for everything. Romans 15 verse 4 puts it this way. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement, we might have hope. We might have hope. So challenge one for us tonight. I want, to, I want you to think of something that you've given up on. Yeah, you've given up on it. You just think this is just how it's going to be. This is just the way it's going to be. Or a situation or a condition that you've been living with for a long time. And even as I'm talking, bring that thing before God in your mind and say, Lord, would you heal me? Lord, would you heal me? Lord, would you heal me? And challenge too for all of us this week, meditate on healing stories in the Bible. Spend time reading healing stories and looking at how the person got their healing. How did the healing come? Did it come with immediacy? Did it come with persistence? Did it come with hunger? Did it come with struggle? How did they get their healing? So challenge one, bring whatever's in your mind before the Lord right now. Challenge two, how did they get their healing? You know, I was reading a great survey recently and um, it was published by Durham University by the Christian Evangelicals. And it said, of the Christians that they surveyed, 49% testified that they personally received a miraculous healing at least once in their life. And 8% said they'd received a miraculous healing in that year. Isn't that amazing? I was reading some of the testimonies of the people and I, I found them so encouraging. One person said, I've been healed of major long-term allergies. I no longer need to take the daily medication that I had to take for 12 years. Another person said, I fell and fractured several ribs. It was acutely painful. 
but someone laid hands on me in prayer and it felt like an electric shock go through that side of my body and the pain disappeared instantly. Another person said, prayer gave me healing from self-harming dramatically. Another person wrote, 30 years ago I had substantial back problems which recurred several times. I was prayed for and it never came back. Another person wrote, I tore tissue in my left hand and I had to give up teaching and playing the violin. I received a prophetic word at a camp and I knew that the Lord had given the healing, but there was no change. About a year later when fasting, the Lord healed it in the night and straightened the finger so now I can play the violin again in worship. Amen. Fasting released the miracle. Praise God. Praise God for every testimony here. Someone says, I was healed of 10 years of infertility, supernaturally. Someone says, my son had drug addiction problems. There were times I didn't know if he was dead or alive. But as a child, he'd given his heart to the Lord, and I used passages of scripture when praying for him. He is now free, healed, and thriving. Praise God. And then the last one, someone says, I was due to have a kidney operation. And the evening before going into hospital, my Elim church prayed for me in tongues. I was in the hospital for three days and they never operated on me. And they wouldn't tell me what was going on, but they sent me home and told me to see my GP. And then I received a letter saying that both my kidneys were functioning 100%. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. You know, just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it won't happen. Testimony is there to remind you that it is possible. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know God can heal. If we can have someone on the keys now, that would be great. Right, as I bring this message to a close, I just want us to look at the cross tonight with fresh eyes. You know, Jesus, if you think about it, is the common factor in all these healings. Jesus is the reason why we're all here tonight. Jesus is the healer. Jesus, our savior, who bled and died on the cross for us, and he rose again so that we would all be saved. He is the reason why we receive healing. Think about it, not only on the cross did he take care of our spiritual needs, he took care of our spiritual need, forgiveness for sins, but he also took care of our physical needs. His broken body paid for our healing. It is finished. It is finished.